Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Kim Tate from Kim's Stuff Suitcase and the Vacation Mavens podcast drops by to talk about how to deal with food allergies when traveling to Disney World and when traveling in general. For those of you who, like myself, have children with food allergies, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special thanks to Octo1234 and Inside20 for their recent reviews. You can connect with us with show suggestions, questions, or comments at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on Twitter at WDWDeciphered, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Decipher. So today we've got a special guest on with us, Kim from the Vacation Mavens podcast and Stuffed Suitcase, Kim Tate. How are you doing today, Kim? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm doing well. Happy to be chatting with you guys finally. Yeah, it's great to have you. So we brought Kim on to discuss a special topic, um, food allergies and how Disney World deals with them. But before we get into that, Kim, why don't you give us some background? Tell us a little bit about your family, um, how much you've been going to Disney World, you know, that kind of stuff. So we live in Seattle, so we're actually more of a Disneyland family, but we've taken about five trips out to Disney World. And I am the mom of two girls. They are now 14 and 12, and then married to my husband. And we have been traveling to Disneyland since the girls were really young. We've probably been there, yeah, in the double digits. I don't know how many times between me and them. And yeah, that's about it. So Kim, I understand one of your girls has a food allergy. Can you give us a little bit of background about that and when you discovered it and the basic things that you do when you travel more generally with a food allergy? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually discovered it when she was very young, actually about six months old, because we were noticing that she was falling off of the growth curve a little bit. And her pediatrician said that she wanted to have her tested. And so we went in through all the testing and she was allergic to like everything under the sun, (laughs) literally so many things. And so they put her on a special formula that's not milk-based or not soy-based or anything. And so we got through all of that. And as the pediatrician and the allergist suggested, she kind of outgrew most of them, but the nut allergies and the egg allergy have remained with us. So we travel with a very severe nut allergy. She's had three anaphylactic reactions. And then um, with the egg allergy, we actually had a recent trip where we had an egg exposure and we had to for the first time, actually go to the hospital and get that dealt with. So those are the two ones we deal with. And she's now 12. And we have thankfully, you know, even though we've had situations, we've been able to deal with them. And I'm very thankful that she is surviving well and we travel. We don't let it hold us back. We're It's definitely mindful, though, of when you consider where you're traveling to, you have to definitely keep it in mind. We've been wanting to go to Asia recently. And it's something that, you know, is always in the back of our mind on how that would work. So while we do travel with her, it's certainly something that we have to be aware of. Yeah, so I just we just recently found out that our youngest daughter is uh, allergic to nuts, um, which was a bit of a surprise because I think we had given her peanut butter before. And then also that she's allergic to cow's milk. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious, just from a personal standpoint, when you're traveling, you know, how does it change your preparation? Um, I assume you're carrying an EpiPen with you. You know, can you talk to me a little bit about that since I think that's what I have in my future? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we always travel with double EpiPens, just so you know, you could even, when she was younger, we would travel with triple EpiPens and just in case. So if one's faulty or if um, one is not doing it well enough, you have backups. So definitely we travel with extra EpiPens and then we always travel with uh, the recommended like Benadryl. A lot of times when she was younger, we would use the chewable tablets because it was a little easier to travel with versus the liquid. But they don't always, they're not always absorbed as quickly. The liquid works pretty well that way. So we definitely travel with those and then lots and lots of wipes and just kind of encouraging her to become her best advocate. So early on, I think that's the best thing that people who are facing food allergies can do is don't necessarily become the helicopter parents who do it all for them. You need to help teach them and show them and educate them on what what they need to be aware of and where the dangers are. And so the biggest threat for us probably has been flying just because if there's an emergency at 30,000 feet, that's never where you want it to happen. So we definitely think about that and talk to the airlines beforehand. We have it noted on her record locator in advance. And then when we arrive at the gate, we also talk to the gate agents and ask for pre-boarding. And that is to allow us to get on board and be able to wipe down her whole seat and tray area without bothering people as they board along with us sort of so so you can still do that at this age um like at the age of 12 still absolutely yes yes you just tell them what it's for and there's only been one airline that i know and i couldn't tell you if they still are doing the same thing we've only been denied it once and that was by american airlines and they used to say the reasoning was because they didn't want to create a false environment of safety (laughs) which makes no sense because it actually you know definitely helps to be wiping down your seat area and the tray table. That's not a false sense of security. So we, our first experiences were with Alaska and Delta and they've always been great. Alaska does not serve nuts. I have heard recently that Delta has started serving nuts as part of their service. If you do fly with them, a lot of times they're great at just announcing about the allergy and that they will not be serving nuts. And they sometimes kind, sometimes kindly request that people not eat nuts when on board, but it's, it's a kind of, you never know. And it's, up to the flight attendant in charge, I think, how they're going to handle it. Yeah, it definitely seems like a your miles may vary. I've just paid attention myself as a passenger. And uh, I know Southwest uh, discontinued uh, serving peanuts earlier this year because of the nut allergy issue. And I've heard I've heard Delta at least make announcements before. One time I was traveling pregnant with a peanut butter sandwich, and that was the only thing I had to eat. And uh, I remember, remember talking to the flight attendant and uh, never packing a peanut butter sandwich ever again. That was my lesson learned and my mistake. So yeah, I think it's important for those of us who don't have kids with, with food allergies just to, to understand what's at stake for families like yours. So I'm yeah. glad I got that lesson. It's very, it helps us so much. And I do know that Some people deal with airborne. We don't have that. But when you are on flights that have nuts served, even if it falls on the ground and that's where we put our bags or that's where, you know, her feet, you know, you just, it moves around quite a bit. So it's something to be mindful of. So we appreciate when people who aren't dealing with it, you know, be, you know, are kind and recognize it. Definitely. Because an emergency landing doesn't do anybody any good, right? You or anybody else on the plane. So well, uh, we've talked a lot about just sort of traveling in general, but I've always gotten the impression that Disney specifically as a travel destination is pretty good with food allergies. So I'd love to hear what your experience has been and whether you've had any snafus at Disney or whether it's been mostly smooth sailing. Yeah, so we've 
done quite a few Disney. We've done a Disney cruise, Disney Alani, and then Disneyland and Disney World with her. So we've had a few different experiences. And I would say, again, it's kind of like your situation will vary. And I think it's up to the parents to really know how things need to be handled. And that's the biggest thing is that through multiple trips now, now I know how, you know, restaurants should handle an allergy. And so a lot of times, you know, at Disney World or Disneyland, you have to be very careful of buffets, especially, you know, character meals when they're the buffet ones. And, you know, we had one experience where we went in and they just wanted to show my child, you know, to show Mia what was safe for her. Oh, this might have nuts or this might have eggs. And, and that's all great. But, you know, I thankfully thought, well, she can't use this because it's all been cross-contaminated or is risk at cross-contamination. And then they realized that and said, oh, of course, okay, we'll go back to the kitchen and make her a plate special, what would she like? And so I would say that's the biggest thing is sometimes you have to educate server or the chef who comes out. That's the one good thing. Almost always Disney now sends a chef to your table to talk to you. And so more times than not, when we were at Lonnie, they were great about this. They will make a custom plate in the back of the kitchen for your child. And so that's the biggest thing to know is that you need to know what you can request and how things should be dealt with. And then just know that you are, you know, you are taking a risk. But once you have that conversation with a chef or someone directly, I think that's where you can actually escalate it and best protect your child. So is it your experience that, you know, are they pretty good about it? Like, do you, does it seem, I got the, I have had the impression that Disney is pretty used to dealing with food allergies. And I'm just curious if that's um, your impression and if that's the case in your experience. Absolutely. I would say they're great about it. I think that sometimes it just goes through with the training, which you would experience in any customer service situation where the maybe the server or someone who you're talking to isn't trained exactly how to deal with it. But I think every experience we've had has been positive. And only occasionally do I have to escalate it where can I talk to the chef or can we get a private plate, you know, standalone plate made for her but they are amazing and we've never had anything where we felt like they've you know kind of not taken us seriously or anything like that it's been amazing and I think Disney really knows because there is a huge increase in allergies in our you know world especially in the United States so I think it's great that they know that it's something they need to deal with since so many families are traveling there. And every experience we've had, like I said, across the board, Disney Cruise Line, I know we're mostly Disney World, but I just want to mention Disney Cruise Line is one of the best, I would say, cruise lines for families with allergies because your serving staff, you know, so your, I can't. The head server, right? Head server. Yeah, exactly. I was like, who, all those guys. It's the the head server who like um, non-allergy people almost never talk to. Right. They stay with you at every, so as you move through the cruise, you move around and they stay with you at every restaurant you go to. So as you rotate, they move with you. And so you're not having this discussion with a new server and a new chef every time because they already prep the people in advance. They already know in advance your situation. And a lot of times they'll talk to you the the day before about what you want the next day for breakfast or lunch. And they're always working one meal ahead to make sure that you don't have a long wait. So I think that's one. I think Disney Cruise Line is really good for having allergies. Yeah. When we were there, they said that there's like a whole protocol they go through to check the food for like every single ingredient before they serve yep, it. Yep, exactly. And that's kind of what you have to, you know, be aware of, especially if your nut allergies vary, because that's another thing. A lot of times people hear nut allergy and they think peanut, but we are one of the, you know, it's not as regular to be allergic to peanuts and tree nuts, but she's allergic to both. So we have to make sure to specify that. 
what's been your experience at Disney World um, at the snack stands, things like that? I mean, usually you're just dealing with one cast member. Do they are they pretty educated about what the ingredients are in, you know, say the churro or whatever, whatever else is being served? I would say no. That's the one thing is the standalone carts are not always great, but normally they'll have an ingredient list that you can look at on some of the stuff. But the cart, that's a very much based on the person who's working it because a lot of times they are confused. But sometimes we've had great ones where they know exactly what's in it or they've shown us an ingredient list of something. We actually kind of stay away from those just because of the experiences we've had where they're not always aware and we're a little uncomfortable or unsure and we just pack our own snacks with us. And I will say that the sit-down restaurants are a lot easier when you have a chef, but we've done the quick service meals and, you know, order at the window. And they're normally really good about handling it and can get you the information. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer because the people that are the cashiers don't always know and they have to get you to talk to someone or they have to go ask someone. And so it can be a little bit longer. Um, But yeah, we kind of avoid the snack carts just because I find it very hit or miss if they know what's going on. So do you do any prep beforehand, like look up the menus of restaurants you're planning on going to where you have ADRs or, um, you know, so that you kind of know in advance what there's going to be or do you um, take it on the fly? We've almost always taken it on the fly, uh, especially at Disney, just because we have had such positive experiences when we even early on we were going to Disneyland. And so I didn't even really know that uh, you could do all this advanced research. We just sort of had to go into it and it started working. And so we've just run with it. And I found there's always something on the menu that she can eat. And sometimes it's not, you know, perhaps the best thing, you know, but we normally have no problem. She's does quite well with it. I guess my other question is in terms of touring, it sounds to me like dining can take a little bit longer. So, you know, when you're kind of coming up with a plan for how you're going to tackle a day, do you find that you normally are taking things a little slower, a little easier? Leslie and I are kind of go, 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 get on as many rides as possible type people, but meals are taking a little longer. Do you find that you just take it easier in the parks? Uh, We actually are pretty go, go, go people as well. And we, I guess we're just used to it. So normally the extra time that it takes, the kids eat pretty fast anyways. So normally we're ready for a rest and to sit down a little longer. And by the time it's all dealt with, her food gets there and it's not an issue. So I wouldn't say that you need to allow that much extra time. I mean, maybe it's two minutes extra talking at the window at a quick service place. But other than that, it it goes pretty quickly and it works out pretty well. The sit-down restaurants, I do think that sometimes the allergy plates take a little bit longer because you do have to wait for the chef to come out and talk to you most of the time. And so I would say that allow maybe an extra five or so minutes, but they're so used to it that it norm- they come out normally pretty quickly. So, and then once they, a lot of times she'll get her food before we get ours because it's made, you know, special for her and the chef literally goes back there himself and does it. So I don't think you need to allow a lot of extra time. And then I think the biggest thing like with touring and being ready for it is just to know that you might want to plan in a couple of extra bathroom stops. We encourage her to wash her hands regularly. Um, Use, you know, just a paper towel to wipe off her face too, just in case she's touched her face and transferred anything. The unfortunate thing about the nuts is it is an oil-based protein, so it can transfer easily amongst hands and surfaces. So we just encourage washing her hands often. So make sure you, you know, are allowing that and making extra stops there and then just definitely packing lots of wipes and the hand sanitizer. We like the wipes because the, you know, friction will actually help wipe the 
allergen off in case she accidentally touches something, you know, like all those rides where you're getting in and out, you know, that families are packing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for their kids to have to eat and save money on the the meals. So we're just mindful of that when she's in and out of rides. That's a great tip. Probably something all of us should be doing to avoid just the Disney germs generally. (laughs) So I have one more quick question about uh, quick service restaurants. I know Disney's been pushing mobile ordering a lot. That's really been the hot thing lately, and it does save a lot of time. Is that something that you have experimented with yet, or is it just simply too risky to not have somebody to talk to you first before you order? It's really fun that you mentioned that because I was trying to remember because we, our last trip to Walt Disney World, we did mobile ordering at the... um, now I'm blanking because I want to call it Disneyland. It's the Tomorrowland Terrace, but it, it's not what's it called in Disney World. It's still Tomorrowland Terrace. I just don't think it's open all the time. That's right. So we headed there and did a mobile order. And I seem to recall that we were able to put an allergy preference in there. Or I recall that we were able to look at the ingredients that were listed. It was something because we did do it with our family and we felt confident doing it. But then again, it could have just been that we've eaten there before and we knew what was safe before. But I will say that's never a good thing as an allergy family. And you shouldn't do that because ingredients change, prep changes. Uh, But I'm pretty sure I was able to put a request, um, a note on the order when you order it mobily. That's really helpful. And that's good to know. Uh, that was I was thinking that as well. You know, mobile ordering saves so much time. But, you know, if you're worried about allergies, I was just curious as to whether that would still work. So that's good to hear. Before we close up, you know, we usually do a Disney do's and don'ts. Do you have a Disney do or a Disney don't related to food allergies that you could share with us? My Disney do would be definitely make sure you're not forgetting to pack your antihistamine and your EpiPens and your hand wipes. And Disney don't would be don't forget when you're so busy to have that discussion and don't assume that things that you thought were safe, like chicken fingers, don't always assume they're safe just because it sounds like they should be safe. You really need to take every time to have that conversation. Great tips. You know, you've given me a lot to think about. So, um, you know, I don't think our daughter's allergies are as severe, but you never know. So um, I really appreciate um, just the time you're taking to talk about dealing with food allergies at Disney properties, but also um, in traveling in general. So Kim, you do a lot of writing and you have your own podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your travel podcast, Vacation Mavens, and your website. Tell us um, what people can expect if they look for you there. Yeah, definitely. Everybody can join us over at Vacation Mavens to hear all about traveling with your kids anywhere. So more than just Disney, although we've definitely talked about Disney because it's a I have a soft spot for it and we've had Leslie on a couple of times. But we talk about everything and anywhere around the globe that you want to take your kids. We just recently talked about planning an African safari. And then we also have recently talked about planning a ski vacation that is going to be going live um, in a couple of weeks. So those are kind of, you can just get anything about family travel. We're going to cover it on Vacation Mavens. And then past the podcast, I have my own blog site, which is called Stuff Suitcase. And that's where I write a lot of just destination guides and travel tips to help families create memories together. And, you know, Leslie and I both highly recommend uh, both those resources. Um, By the way, incidentally, I don't think I've ever told you this, Kim, but I really like the name Kim Stuff Suitcase. I think it's like an incredibly clever website name. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great. I, my husband helped me come up with it, actually. Uh, we're, good for, we're good for something every once in a while. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I always refer friends who have kids older than mine, you know, the tweens and the teens, to Kim's site. And Kim, Kim and I are very much 
uh, simpatico when it comes to like focusing on the details of travel and, and trying to like find the little tips and tricks that everybody else maybe isn't noticing. So, so it's a great site and uh, I read it cover to cover and everybody else should too. Thank you. I love both of you guys too. So I appreciate you having me on and look forward to hearing more what you guys cover. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. And then if people want to contact you, email you, social media, where can they find you? I am at Stuffed Suitcase everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and they can email me kim at stuffedsuitcase.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kim, for coming on. You can find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com or connect with us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or at www.deciphered on Twitter or our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Leslie, anything final to say before we sign out of here? All right, I'll take it by your science, Leslie, that we are all done. So I will see you at Tomorrowland Terrace. Good night, everybody. Good night.